Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here bringing you another episode of The Rad Dad Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? We told you some new things were coming in 2022, and today we're stoked to introduce a new series that's going to shine a light on our local community. If you've ever listened to our show in the past, you know we end every episode by talking about Rad Dads Edmonton, our local organization of dads based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We aim to empower dads, promote positive parenting, and put on family events to build community and raise money for local charities. We're coming up on our fifth birthday, but over the last couple years, because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to do much in the community, so we wanted to find a way to get back to our roots. We took a look around and realized there are tons of rad dads doing rad things right here in Edmonton. And starting today, we're going to make an effort to highlight them in a segment we like to call Hometown Heroes. For our first episode in the series, we're bringing you an interview with John Schellenberg and Corey Rofi, a couple of rad dads from the Grant McEwen Mountain Club. GMMC is an Edmonton-based club that promotes climbing, hiking, skiing, running, and all things outdoors. We should note this group isn't exclusive to dads and all are welcome, so we'll put up links on our social media so you can follow them and check out their events. Corey and John sat down with Christian to discuss being present and authentic for our kids and the importance of community, and of course they discussed sharing their love of the outdoors and climbing with their kids. We're really lucky to have these rad dads in our community, and we are stoked to highlight these hometown heroes. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Here's John Schellenberg and Corey Rofi of the Grant McEwen Mountain Club on the Rad Dad Show. I'd like to, to start off uh, like we always start off uh, all our interviews. Uh, who are you? Go ahead, Corey. Uh, so my name's Corey Rofi. Um, I am a dad of three kids. Uh, so I have uh, an 18-year-old son, a 15-year-old daughter, and a 13-year-old son. Uh, I'm also in my spare time a uh, construction and outdoor ed teacher. Uh, also teach a little bit of junior high science too. Uh, and then in my spare spare time, uh, I love the outdoors. So I spend a lot of time uh, climbing and canoeing and mountain biking and trail running and uh, basically anything that gets me outside. Awesome. I'm a teacher too. Science oh, nice. Teacher. Yeah, I okay. teach uh, in Short Park. Oh, cool. That's awesome. always, always a fun <laughs> adventure for sure. It for sure is. Yeah. Junior high or high school, elementary, high school. Yeah. High, high school, school. So high school physics and, and chemistry. And then I also teach um, a skateboarding business course that I created. So oh, that's, that's uh, it's kind of like a construction design branding course. It's been, been really, really fun uh, to, to do for sure. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah. That sounds good. I like it. And John, well, we're going to have a little club here going today because I'm a retired teacher. Um, I, uh, I taught high school math, um, outdoor ed, and uh, I taught a summer school program actually with uh, outdoor ed students that uh, we did their PE 10, their calm credits. We did a two week long uh, backcountry uh, backpack and climbing excursion. And we would uh, do schoolwork in the evenings and we did scrambling during the day. We took rock climbing gear. We did uh, some top roping and stuff. So yeah, it, uh, it, uh, teaching's a real adventure. It's also something you can't really turn off. So um, I have a long history with the Grant McEwen Club. I used to be the courses chair way back in the day. Um, did a lot of uh, avalanche education, climbing education with the club. I've been a mountaineer and ski mountaineer for decades. Uh, it's a super big passion of mine. I have one daughter who uh, she she's always be my little baby, but she's uh, turning 23 now, so she's uh, she's not really a baby anymore. Um, she started mountaineering when she was uh, when she was 10. She's been rock climbing since she was four. I uh, can't remember a time when she wasn't on skis. I think she could ski before she could walk. So she grew up in a, in a super active uh, mountain-based household, even though we live in, in St. Albert and in the suburbs, uh, lots of time in the mountains. My wife's a school teacher, so we took our summers and spent, the, spent them all basically in the back country. So yeah, that's where we're coming from. My daughter lived away from home for a number of years. She uh, lived in Banff, she's lived in Revelstoke, she's lived in Whistler. She returned home with COVID to, uh, to do a degree, to take some uh, mountain towns kind of imploded so she's here now 
And unfortunately, she's doing an education degree. <laughs> oh my God. Um, she doesn't, uh, she has plans to do some sort of unconventional teaching career though. So uh, that's uh, for, for me. <laughs> Sounds like she has some great mentors though in her life. <laughs> um, one of the things is I was, I was actually a stay-at-home dad. I was the one who stayed home until she was school age. So uh, we had a bit of a role reversal there, you know, the, standard old-timey traditional gender roles are kind of flipped on their head there and uh, so she uh, you know she grew up in a in a bit of a funky household that way not just not just uh, with the climbing and that stuff but you know my wife and I really prided ourselves on um, <clears throat> not buying into traditional gender roles or or any kind of conventional life that way so sweet before we get into kind of more of the dad stuff, can you give us a, a highlight or, you know, about the Grand McEwen Climbing Club? Like, what are they, what are you, you, they about? Um, you know, why, why are we chatting with you? You know, the whole idea is really to highlight the, this club, kind of get people interested on board. Here's your chance to give it a good plug. Uh, well, I, I joined the club, oh, I guess about 20... Oh no, yeah, about 20, 20 some years ago. <clears throat> and um, I belonged to the Alpine Club of Canada and I was looking for, oh, uh, uh, Grant McEwen Club offers a wider variety of trips. I was looking for backpacking and hiking as well as climbing and that kind of stuff. And somebody said, hey, you should check out GMMC. It's a pretty cool group of people over there. Um, my first meeting, I ended up on the executive. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Somebody kind of pointed at me and said, hey, you new guy, uh, you know, uh, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a school teacher. And they said, well, you're the courses chair. There you go. And uh, so I spent about 10 years, a little bit more on the executive. I was the climbing chair, the courses chair. And uh, <clears throat> it, um, we call it the kind and gentle mountain club, at least we used to, where um, it's, it has a more of an attitude of being very supportive. Uh, there's lots of mentoring that goes on. It's a chance for people to come and meet like-minded people. Um, that has a little less of the, I don't know what you would call, I guess, bro culture or something like that, where it's, it's not so objective minded. It's more about going out to mountains and having an absolute great time. So, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the rock climbing events, um, it's not necessarily about the grades that you're climbing. It's about getting out and having a great time with a group of friends. And you know what? I, I'm a I, I've been climbing for decades, but I am a terrible rock climber, absolutely horrible at it. And uh, so, I'll, you know what? If we're going to go out and do some five dot fun routes, uh, you know, hey, I'm in. Right. Like so there's there's lots of opportunities for people to come out. Um, the, uh, we, we started to age out a little bit. There was a lot of, uh, you know, people kind of my age uh, that were in the club. And, and there's been some new blood, people like Brent, that have come on in the last number of years and really kind of revitalized, getting the, the under, under 60 crowd at least uh, out. So, yeah, it's, it's been an adventure for me. And uh, you know, I can't say enough positive things about the club, you know, um, over the 20-some years that I belong to it. So. Awesome. Corey, you might have some. That sounds fun. As a, as, a, as a newer member. Yeah, Corey, what's your perspective? How did you get involved? Yeah, it's interesting. As as I listen to your story, John, we kind of have the. I feel like the same same trajectory because uh, I, I'm a newer member. I joined um, about a year ago, and and uh, and now I'm on the executive. And it was sort of a a similar thing. I kind of joined up, and then a couple months later, it was a uh, hey, you're now the summer trips chair, and um, um. But I, I just, you know, I, I was up for it because it, it's just, it's it's such a great club. And I mean, everything John said about it is just like exactly the experience that I've had. It's it's just like this great community of like low-key people who love the outdoors. And and it's not about, you know, like climbing hard grades or, or egos. It's not about, um, you know, kind of being the fastest, strongest. It's really like all ages all abilities it's just like it's about community you know and 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 i really firmly believe like no matter who you are where you're at in your life what you're interested in 
there's something in this club for you and there's you will find people in this club that that match what you're looking for and 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 what you need like it, it that has 100% been my experience um and and the other beautiful thing about it is um everybody is just so open like like if you're just starting out and 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 you know, or, or even, even if you've been at it for a while, but you know, there's, there's something you need to learn or know, or there's a gap in your skills or something you want to explore. There's people that are like, yeah, let's, let's do it. I'll show you like, you know, you can borrow my gear. You can, you can come out with me. I'll take you up on this. I'll take you out to do this. And, uh, and we'll just enjoy it. You know, uh, it's, it's, that's just 100% been my experience. You know, I, I always said it, it's, it's like, this club is like making friends in kindergarten where you're like, you know, like you climb, I climb. Yeah. We're best friends, you know? And, and then you off, off you go climbing. So yeah, it's, it's just, I can't say enough good things about it. That's awesome. I, I love that, uh, that, you know, you talk about like the community piece and that's what rad dad strives to kind of do it. And that's kind of what we've done throughout the years. And some of the events that we've done, it's like, you know, these like-minded individuals It's like, well, we like, I like skateboarding. And so we hosted skateboard nights at like the park. Okay, bring your kids. Let's just get skateboard. Dad skateboarding. And it was not trying to be just inclusive of, of dads. It's always, you know, anybody right. can come really. Right. Um, so it parallels kind of kind of that that role modeling kind of thing. Yeah, you can't skateboard. You don't have a skateboard. We, we have people that can provide you with a skateboard for the day. Or we like punk rock music. And so I like to to uh, introduce my my son, who's now 10 into music and a lot of my friends playing bands and punk rock shows so we've we've hosted you know punk rock shows for kids where it's you know four or five year olds in in the mosh pit kind of thing um it's just really a a way to kind of bring people together um around that kind of kind of culture so i I love that that parallel there yeah um sorry go ahead I was going to say, and it, and it is great too. I was a little bit apprehensive, you know, joining the club because, you know, I, I am older and I'm like, you know, this is just going to be a bunch of like young 20 year olds, like getting after these hard grades of climbing. But, you know, it, it was great to join. And there are so many dads and moms and people with kids who are like, you know, 18 in their twenties, teenagers. And um, it was really nice place to connect with you know, with people that are kind of in the same life spot as you and, but still love those, those things that you love. Awesome. Um, let, let's get into the to the dad thing. So you know you're involved in this community kind of piece. It looks like you you uh, are into kind of these rad rad things. That's why Brent reached out, and and so I want to kind of get your perspective. Do you do you consider yourself a rad dad, John? We'll, we'll start with you. Uh, well, I guess it depends on who you ask. I'm asking uh, my you. Daughter, <laughs> my daughter finds me kind of embarrassing and nerdy sometimes. But, <laughs> um, when I, when I told her about this, she said, yeah, you know what, I I guess, I guess you are a pretty rad dad. Awesome. I, I can get behind that. <laughs> and, um, you know, as I said earlier, you know, she uh, she grew up in a, in a slightly unconventional household, you know, being a stay-at-home dad and, and stuff. And we did a lot of things, like we, you know, spent a lot of time outdoors um, before she started school. You know, when she was a preschooler age, we were outside almost every day, regardless of the weather. Um, the the snow plows would leave a big snow pile in front of the house here. We live in a cul-de-sac and we would build a little mini snow climbing wall and she was learning how to rappel off the top of the snow hill and and stuff like this. And, you know, we were off to off to the crags in Jasper when she was, you know, three and a half, four years old. So, you know, we got our outdoor climbing and, and stuff. So um, the, the interesting thing is, you know, when she, she went through that rough teen period, you know, 13, 14 year old girls kind of thing, but uh, you know, it passed pretty fast. And by the time she was, you know, 14, 15, we were, you know, really back. Uh, she was only 16 years old. We were ski mountaineering on glaciers. Um, we've been on some fly-in ski trips to backcountry lodges. Um, one of the things that's really been great for her as well is, you know, I mean, having like, you know, such a fantastic dad is, is great. Um, but we've also worked hard to find her outdoor mentors. Um, for her being a young woman in, the, in technical mountain sports, you know, especially things like ski mountaineering, mountaineering, um, you know, some of the alpine climbing, that kind of stuff. There really, there still isn't a lot of, uh, a lot of girls or women involved in it. So we, you know, I've worked hard to find her some some women mentors. 
a couple of uh, women guides have really taken her under their wing. Um, she went on a week-long uh, um, climbing uh, guided trip to the Bugaboos when she was only 16. Um, she's, she's now, I used to do a trip with the Grant McEwen Club called the Tri-Mountaineering, where it was about taking backpackers and getting them to come out and try technical climbing, mountaineering. And she's actually taken that over from me now. And she leads that trip and she's turned it into a tri-women's mountaineering um, annual event where she takes a group of uh, aspiring women mountaineers uh, up to the Bow Hut for a week and teaches them about glacier travel and, and how to build anchors and some of that kind of stuff and a chance for them to see if it's something that they want to do. So, you know, I look at this and I, you know, I see kind of that second generation now and I think, oh, I must have been doing something right. There must have been some good parenting going on there. For that's sure. Awesome. You got you to own that, John. That's the, the whole yeah. point of uh, kind of rad dads is, is owning that, uh, you know, yeah, you know, taking the time being, yeah, you know, I did do a good job. Yeah. So. Well, and now, I mean, she's still, her and I are now skiing and climbing partners. Um, I'm still a, I'm still probably a stronger alpine climber than she is. Um, but she's so much better skier than I am. Uh, so we, uh, you know, we help each other out. And uh, um, I'm, I'm fortunate, I think, to have, you know, such a good, strong relationship with, it, with my young adult daughter. Uh, I was a little bit at odds with my father until I was about 30 years old. So um, for me, this is, you know, it's such a great thing that um, even her being in her mid-20s now, we, our relationship has changed, of course. You know, it's a little less like parent daughter to uh yeah to partners to friends so um we both started we picked up uh you know mountain biking in the last couple of years and so um we're learning how to break bones together now doing that so <laughs> there we go sounds awesome how about you Corey? Do you, do you consider yourself a rad dad um you know i i was thinking about that a little bit as as i was this was coming up and and i kind of I, I mean for me i think i think a rad dad is is a dad who who explores their passions and and has some really intense passions and then shares those with their kids so so i would probably say yeah i think under that definition i i'm i'm a rad dad you know because i i um there's there's things that i love that i just kind of go go all in and do and then and then bring those to my kids you know um and and let them experience them and and uh you know my things just happen to be outdoor things like climbing and canoeing and and biking and stuff like that um but i mean i think i think you know whatever your passion is as a, as a dad whether it's poetry or music or writing you know um if you kind of exemplify for your kids that that you're all in that and and you go after it and and love it and then offer it to them as an experience i think i think that's that makes you a rad dad you know and then and then to push that a little further you know letting them pick it up or not pick it up you know um not everything i do my kids you know love and, and jump into you know it's interesting like i have all three of them and, and they kind of you know of of the outdoor things i love you know some take it and some leave it you know my oldest son no interest in climbing like not even kind of you know uh, my youngest son loves it you know um my my daughter you know you know she likes to paddle and and we've done canoeing courses together and and um so i think i think yeah i would say i would say that that i am just because uh i try and and show my passions to my kids and then let them let them experience that great answer yeah that's kind of you know one of the, the ideas behind the rad dad show too is to highlight you know dads that have passions i i love that answer i totally on board that's how i feel as well and and it it's i guess maybe a bit bothersome when i hear dads or even parents in general that kind of give up some of the things that they love uh, and maybe use that sometimes you know parenting as an excuse for doing that and so we try to try to say you know what you can be you know, follow your passions and be a good parent. And, you know, you know, by following these sort of kind of role models, that's kind of the idea for sure. What, um, where did like the, the, the love of the outdoors come from for you too? Is it, or you oh, lost John here. Where did uh, the, the love of the outdoors come from? Is that something that you've found in through your parents too, or your dad or mom? 
I mean, for me, my, my parents um, are, are not outdoorsy um, at, at all, but um, I, I did one thing that, that I think fueled it was uh, I grew up on a, on a farm um, and, and my grandparents farmed, um, you know, we, we had, you know, kind of animals and, and I mean, it, it wasn't sort of the, the outdoors that that I'm kind of part of now but I was always outside like as a kid like we had you know like it wasn't a huge farm it was kind of like a hobby farm we had like 14 acres of land but but I was perpetually outside you know this was like the early 80s early to mid 80s you know it was rural Alberta you had like three tv channels and no internet so outside was the thing you do and um I just always remember being out there doing doing anything uh, that I could find and and um, I don't know it's it's just something that always I loved I mean literally I remember as, as a kid my first purchase was you know I bought a tent that was the very first thing I bought with my own money I was in grade three I bought like a little dome tent from Zellers and I set it up in my backyard and I remember I had enough money left over I had nine dollars left over that I could buy a flashlight to go with it and I put that thing up in the backyard I had no sleeping bag I had no mat and I like crawled inside and I slept in it and I turned my flashlight on and I was like eight and uh, so it's just something that's always been there I think um you know and it just kind of grew from there so how about you John where, where did your love for the outdoors come from was that something bestowed upon by your parents or um yes and no um my uh my parents uh, I grew up on Baffin Island in uh lived in Iqaluit and then uh um ended up in the Mackenzie Delta in Newvik. I finished high school in Whitehorse in the Yukon Oh, wow. Uh, my wife and I moved here to Edmonton temporarily in 1983. <laughs> but um, growing up, growing up in the Arctic in tiny little um, indigenous communities, um, there's, you know, it's a it's a very adventureful kind of life. And we would leave in the summers and we would come to the Canadian Rockies and spend time just camping, going into the back country. Um, I backpacked into the Tonquin Valley with my parents when I was four. Um, so yeah, there was a, a sense of adventure and outdoors uh, orientation in my household. Um, my, uh, my dad wasn't a technical climber or anything like that. I, uh, I got that, I figured that bug out on my own. Um, I remember being just a little kid at the Columbia ice fields and um, there was some climbers on Mount Athabasca and my dad gave me the binoculars and pointed them out. And I thought, oh, that looks really cool. I mean, imagine being up there and, um, and Athabasca is a very aesthetic peak. It's a beautiful looking mountain. And I thought, wow, I mean, imagine uh, being able to stand on top of that. Later in life, I learned the history of the peak. It was the first of the Columbia Icefield peaks to be climbed. And, and the first ascensionist saw it was the first known uh, sighting of the Columbia Icefields themselves. And, and uh, you know, I, I thought back to being five and six years old at the Icefields and, and thought, yeah, that would be pretty cool. It wasn't the first peak that I climbed, but um, it was a very special one. Uh, my daughter hasn't climbed it yet, um, and she's excited about doing it with me. I, I've climbed it eight times via different routes over the years, and, uh, and now I'm very excited to go back to it um, with her as, uh, as my climbing partner. Her and I have done a bunch of peaks, um, but we haven't done that one. It's a bit of a special one. So yeah, I mean, I grew up in a household of adventure and moving and, and a lot of that influence. Um, you know, the, the more kind of, I guess, you know, extreme for lack of a better, I hate that word, but the, the technical, uh, the technical sports uh, came to me from, from other areas, but those seeds were definitely sown by my parents. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, uh, what kind of, what, what are the traits that make one a rad dad? So you kind of mentioned some things, but both of you kind of following your passions, maybe being a, a mentor, providing with opportunities, you're, you're obviously role models you know, in, in, their, in their lives in various ways. What are some other things that you think make one a, a rad dad? Uh, do you want me to just keep going? Go ahead, John, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, then we'll, we'll give Corey a chance after this. Um, you know, like, I mean, obviously Corey and I are, are on the this uh, weird spectrum of being climbers or outdoor enthusiasts or whatever. And, uh, and we talked earlier about, you know, like your, uh, the dads that you're looking for come from all sorts of different backgrounds. I think one of the things um, 
you know, we we talked about these passions and and that kind of stuff. But I think that there's also an element of, um, I still see a lot of fathers who really um, have an opportunity to be involved in their child's lives and they don't take it. And to me, um, you can be a rad dad, you don't have to be a climber or a punk rock uh, 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 lead singer or anything like that. Um, you really just got to get in there and be a highly involved parent. Um, show that um, parenting is, uh, involves a mother, a father, uh, two dads, two moms, whatever. But you as a dad, yeah, be in your child's life, be present, be there, be there for them. Um, you know, there's good days, there's bad days. It's not being a dad every day isn't a great day. Um, but just be there for those days. I think that alone, um, you know, flicks the switch for me and turns you from, you know, from being just a, just a dad, a guy who had a child, uh, to being a rad dad. So that's what I think. Corey, you care to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that. I, I think, um, I think being there is a hundred percent, you know, the, the first the first step and, and the main thing and then I, I think too what goes along with that is is this idea of, of just authentically being who you are as a dad you know there's there's a lot of this I think there's a lot of stereotypes out there like what a dad should be or look like and do and I think the best thing you can do for your kids as as a dad is just to be who you are whatever that is and then let them be whoever they are and whatever that is and and support that um and then and 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 share with them who you are but also share with them who they are right because if if you know not my kids aren't all into the outdoors you know it's not every, it's not their their big passion they like it and they love it so so i need to invite them into the things i love but I need to also make sure that I step into the things that they love, even though they may not be the things that, that I choose and that I'm passionate about. And I think that's, that's what makes a rad dad is, is that back and forth of passions. And I think sometimes we'll say to, to our kids, you know, Oh, come and do this. I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to share that with you. But we forget to step into their passions and say, I'm going to, I'm going to share that with you. And I'm going to find out what that's about. And I'm going to see if that's something that I might be passionate about. Um, and there's things that, that my kids have, have that I've stepped into and become passionate about because they were passions of my kids. Right. So, um, yeah. And, and both of you, know, both those, you know, really the, the universal theme, I, I think, is just being present, either being present, them being present in your life and, and you being present in their, their world, world for sure. It's such a, to me, it's so interesting in, in the fact that this is probably like the 80th episode that we've done of this podcast. And we've had people, you know, like Fred Penner, and he was, you know, he would say that too. Like, we all know Fred Penner and, and you know, pretty that's what I kind of love about these questions. And sometimes the answers that the, these, these themes kind of just keep popping up. And to me, it's like, Oh, is it, is it that simple? Is that, that, that black and white just being there? I think Maybe. Corey, I think Corey really hit on something there as well. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've always been passionate about my outdoor pursuits, but we were as parents, we were super careful not to push my daughter unnecessarily. So, you know what, the first time we went rock climbing, I mean, she literally got like six feet up off the ground and she had a bit of a panic attack and it was kind of like, okay, well, come on down, you know, like have a little break, you know, want to have a juice or, or whatever. Um, it was a bit of a moment um, because I went down tire and she said, no, no, dad, I'm going to the top. And my wife kind of put her hands in her face and or her hands on her face and said, Oh, no, she's like you. Oh, no. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, not pushing them, um, you know, tempering your expectations and doing that. And I loved Corey's uh, thing that he mentioned about their passions as well. My daughter plays guitar, she plays piano. Um, she's been in musical theater, she's been in, uh, she was in a choir that travels around the world and has won like world champion events for choir competitions and things. And, you know, and so it was great, like for me as a parent, 
to step out of my comfort zone and have to learn 10,000 things all about um, international choral competitions and stuff and, and to get into things that, you know, she was passionate about that came right out of left field. Like we had no idea where, where these interests of hers came from, but to be able to jump onto them and to support them and to be part of it and learn a whole new world for me was absolutely fantastic. Oh, awesome. Um, in what ways has fatherhood changed you? Oh boy. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'll be completely honest. I was, um, you know, when my wife was pregnant, there was this kind of like, yeah, we're having a baby, yeah, whatever kind of thing. I mean, yeah, people have children, blah, blah, blah. Right. And um, it was literally, she was about 10 or 15 seconds old. And it was like a switch just was thrown inside me that said, oh my God, look at this little human that's now under my care. Like, what? <laughs> I am not prepared for this. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. I, I don't know how I'm not going to screw this up royally. And um, um, parenting for me was, you know, a combination of trying to trying to understand the technical aspects of it. There's all those what to expect books. Oh my God, we had them. I read them. I, you know, I mean, all of that stuff. There's like, you know, as a, as a teacher and somebody with a bunch of university degrees, I thought maybe I could, you know, like book learn my way, <laughs> my way through this. Of course, that was, you know, a whole load of crap in some ways. I mean, it was great to understand child development and some of that stuff, but um, and then there came, you know, like just figuring out how to do this. So for me, it was a completely life-changing event. And then when um, uh, there came the discussion, we had no plan of what to do in terms of childcare or anything like this of, of you know, what was going to happen um, going forward. And there was this like kind of look and I said, you know what, I, I really want to give this a go. I want to be the the one that stays home and changes the diapers and does this stuff. And, and my wife is, um, um, not that I was a crappy teacher, but my wife is certainly a much more passionate educator than I am. She teaches grade one. She is absolutely amazing. She's a thousand times better teacher than I ever was, I think on her first day. Um, and so she's very passionate about her, her teaching career. And so um, she went back half time and then she went back full time. And it, it just ended up being a real working uh, um, system for us. So for me, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it turned my career upside down in some ways, turned me on my head. Um, um, you know, yeah, I can't, I, can't, I can't say enough about how it, like, it, it was like an upside down life-changing event. Not, as I said earlier, not every day is a great day, but boy, I tell you, yeah, no regrets, absolutely. Nice. How about you, Corey? You, you have a few more in the in the litter, so to speak. Yeah, um, and and I think you know having having three sort of helped me learn that everybody's different. You know, everybody's unique, and I think I think having three kids really drove that point home. Just like the beauty of of, of individuality of human beings, uh, because I have these three kids, and they're not the same. They kind of look the same. Uh, but they are not the same human beings in any way. Um, and I, it taught me that parenting one kid is not parenting a second kid. You know, that, that the way you parent one, uh, you can't always apply those strategies and techniques to the next one and the next one. You sort of have to, you know, um, it's like, like relearning every time, you know. And, uh, and I think having kids really taught me that. Um, and, and I just marvel every day at how they grew up in the same house, you know, with the same mom, the same dad, and just became three completely different human beings. Um, and that's amazing. And that's hard. And that's fun. And uh, that's, that's kind of what I learned. And I think, I, and then I think the other thing I learned is just to value um, time for me. You know, um, parenting three kids taught me that it's just really important for me and for them to pursue those those things that I love and to carve that time out and to really value it and appreciate it. Because, uh, you know, when you don't have kids, it's all you time. Right. So, you know, you're like, I don't I don't know if you if you appreciate it or notice it or value it as much uh, or, or make a point to make sure it's there. But, um, you know, 
having kids, I kind of, kind of learned that the hard way. I think, I think sometimes I sort of like felt I need to put that aside and, and not do that because I need to be there for them. But, you know, um, kind of doing this for 18 years, I think taught me that, that that's essential and, and necessary. I totally agree with that, that statement. You know, I think me doing what I like to do, you know, some people sometimes I see the word selfish kind of being used and I don't believe that at all, or maybe it is selfish in a, in a positive way. in the fact that if I'm at the gym, you know, working out, making time for myself, it makes me a better, makes me feel better about myself, makes me feel better and it makes me a better parent. Uh, so yeah, I, completely agree with that and, and you kind of mentioned talking about you know the the different you know having the same mom same dad you know and it sounds like a classroom in the fact that you know you have different <laughs> strategies for different kids it's what, what do we call it differentiated learning it's maybe differentiated parenting uh, might be might be a book that we could write did you have any fears about being a dad Oh, I uh, you know, I, I was a dad pretty young, um, you know, kind of by choice, my, my kids, the, their mom and I sort of are like, you know, just, just we're, we're married three years and we're like, you know, decided to start a family. Um, but I was, I was 23, 24. So I think at that age, uh, you know, with a lot of things, you kind of just jump into it and be like, let's do this. And so, uh, I feel like, uh, I just kind of jumped into it, um, so I don't think I had any fears going into it, um, but uh, you know, lots of fears along the way as they as they hit those different ages and milestones, and and especially as they they move into adulthood, you know, where you don't have, uh, I I don't think control is the right word, but you have to let them let them figure it out on their own a little bit more. You can't do everything for them, and that creates a lot of fear. So I feel like the fear of parenting wasn't at the beginning it's now as they're going into adulthood because you're kind of like did I do this right like let's find out like let's see if if everything I did is <laughs> resulted in you know well-functioning adults and uh and so there there's a little bit of fear there I think uh I think now but but I, I think we're good I think, I think it sounds almost good. like a science experiment like okay you know here's the ingredients put them together let's see, let's see if this works how about you John you said you, you did have some fears Oh, yeah. Um, I have a lot of the same uh, uh, fears as Corey with a uh, young adult. Um, on. I, I was a little worried before I became a parent, um, you know, when my wife was pregnant and it was kind of hitting home. Um, but it was still like, I guess it wasn't more of like an apprehension or a fear. It was just this like, well, here we go to something new and we'll have to see how it how it goes. Um, after having a baby and getting through those sleepless periods and all of that, you know, upset in your life and turmoil and things that come in the first year, year and a half, I think I got really into kind of a comfort zone with being a parent and, and you know, and, and adapting to her as she grew. But um, my daughter finished high school. Um, we gave her a ratty old Subaru, which of I mean, every young climber has to have, right? So we gave her this ratty old Subaru Forester for a graduation. She promptly ran upstairs and threw a bunch of her stuff in it, strapped her skis in it, and she left. And <laughs> she, she drove away to Banff. She moved to Banff. And uh, that was really tough. Um, you know, and then after that, she, uh, you know, she did the same thing. She, uh, um, before moving to Whist or before moving to Revelstoke, though, she uh, came home and she made curtains and things for her for her little SUV, and she lived in her car for for a while. Um, it became obvious to her that the winter was a little cold for that. So, uh, uh, end of November in Revelstoke, she started looking for a place, found a, a you know a room in a basement and stuff like this. And she's a high level ski instructor. She worked at ski hills and stuff. So. But, you know, I mean, being a, a, you know, 19, 20 year old girl, she has had periods where she's been, you know, just been a vagabond, you know, living out of her car, uh, looking for places to live and couch surfing and doing this kind of stuff. And, you know, on the one hand, um, you know, she didn't get a lot of the same pressure that I got when I was in high school, like you've got to go to university and then, you know, blah, 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 blah. We really worked hard to not put that kind of pressure on her. 
wanted her to figure out what was going to be right for her. I knew that she'd probably do some sort of post-secondary education or whatever she would find a way, but I really wanted it to be her adventure and not my pressure that, that I was under. So yeah, so she, you know, she took off and she left and she, uh, you know, she did some things. She backpacked through rural Mexico for a month and a half on her own and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff like this. And, and I want to be super supportive and I want to be proud that she's so fiercely independent. But at the same time, boy, I tell you, it's really hard not to just worry every minute. Oh my God, <laughs> like she's out there on her own. My little baby's out there all by herself. Text me when you get there. Text me oh, when you get oh there. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I still pay for her phone bill and because I need her to have that phone. I've got to have that. So yeah, I'm okay here. And yeah, when she was in Mexico, there was you know, places in inland rural Mexico where she's going to these little tiny towns where they had, you know, almost no service or, or spotting. I was like, oh, 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 she's okay. And same thing when she's in the mountains. Um, I got her an in-reach, of course. Oh my God, she has to have one because I need to hear from her. So yeah, I mean, you know, she'll always be my little baby. But yeah, the, her being an adult, striking out on her own, being so independent, you know, it, it's two sides of a coin. You want to be super proud that you know, you gave them that confidence, but at the same time, yeah, it's really tough to see them, you know, like they're gone and you have no way of influencing what they're doing past what you've done in the past. Like you, now it's this like, oh, geez, I hope I did a good job. <laughs> I hope. Um, what's uh, the most rewarding aspects of being a, being a dad? Corey, we'll, we'll start with you. Oh, I think, uh, I think it's just seeing uh, them grow into these amazing young adults and, and adults, I mean, and, and just seeing how unique and different they are, and then just kind of sliding in beside and just being able to foster that and, and, and help that grow. Uh, I think that has been the most rewarding part of, of parenting for me. You know, um, I know I know what my passions are, and I know what I love, and it's beautiful to watch them see what they're passionate about and discover that and and uncover that. And and I think one of the most important things and rewarding things and hardest things of parenting is to take a step back and to l let them figure that out um, and watch them figure that out, um, and then celebrate that with them when they when they do figure it out um you know and 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 i i mean having three i love watching how unique of a process it is you know um my my oldest son he's like you know he he found dungeons and dragons and he loves it and he's so passionate about it and he has this group of friends and he spends all this time building these campaigns you know and then um my daughter um you know, she came out uh, a couple years ago as as um, as gay, and 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 having her kind of find that community and and supporting her in that, and and I was just so happy when that happened because I'm like, yeah, like that's you finding something about yourself and exploring that and and figuring that out, and and that was you know like was such such a great moment and then you know she got into debate and she got into to ethics club in high school and you know she has such a passion for that so seeing that and then my youngest son you know um just kind of discovered volleyball and he like joined the team and you know just like made tons of growth in the season and just became really passionate about that just recently and the best part of being a dad is just like watching that you know and like seeing those things pop up um especially with minimal intervention from myself, you know, that it's something they found and they loved and they explored. That's just the best watching that. Yeah. Awesome. Something, something to look for. I've been kind of seeing that, you know, my son, I have one son and he's, he's 10 and, you know, similar to both of you guys, you know, introduce them to various opportunities, try not to push things, but, you know, share my passions with him, but try to encourage him to explore his passions. And, and he's, um, you know, I coach his hockey team and, um and yeah he's kind of really kind of taken off just in the last couple of weeks it's just like where did this interest come from before before he was kind of like yeah yeah i like hockey I like hanging out with the friends and the team and doing going through the motions but you know when hockey was over it was yeah hockey is over he's into to other things but now it's like more watching youtube highlights of hockey and practicing more it's like oh it's, it's super interesting to kind of see that kind of switch kind of turn a little bit uh for sure um the this is i guess the the last this will be kind of the last question then we'll talk maybe get you highlight some more about the the club if you're comfortable you know can you describe the relationship with your dad 
Corey will maybe go go with you. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, my dad, um, I mean, I, I have a great relationship with my dad. Um, you know, my dad uh, grew up, uh, you know, kind of uh, all, all, all around Alberta. He, uh, you know, um, started started a construction company and uh he's phenomenal carpenter like like works with his hands like like nobody you've ever seen um and so i mean kind of like john's daughter grew up kind of in the mountains and and you know was was doing all this thing at a young age that was sort of me like on the job site with woodworking like i remember being there with my dad like he'd take me to work on saturdays and he would teach me things and whatever my little hands could do he would get me doing and uh it just kind of grew from there and so it was great you know i had this fantastic experience of of being able to like grow up and work alongside my dad on job sites and in construction and and now I teach construction and so it kind of worked you know translated into this this great uh this great you know career opportunity for me that that I learned that from him and uh um so it, it was great, you know, and, and I kind of always remember my dad as, as, you know, my dad's always someone that he's there no matter what, like literally like whatever, whatever I need. Like if I need something and I call my dad, it doesn't matter what he's doing. Like, I know the answer is always like, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, I'm like, I need you to come help me do this. I need this tomorrow or whatever. And like, the answer has never been no. He's never like, oh, I'm busy. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. Like, um, you know, almost to the point where I have to be like, okay, dad, like, are you sure you're not busy? Like, don't <laughs> stop what you're doing, you know, but he will do it anyway. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's my dad. Yeah. How about you, John? Um, I, I had a little bit different relationship with my dad. Um, some of it is uh, because of um, when uh, my parents were born versus maybe Corey's parents. Um, Corey and I are a little different age group. <laughs> Damn. But um, <laughs> the, uh, my dad was born before World War II. His parents were born in the 1800s. And so... Um, he, he comes from the silent generation, you know, born before World War II. Um, very, really the first um, generation of his family that were able to attend post-secondary education. University became affordable in the 1950s for, for people like my father. And, you know, his dad was quite well-educated. He did have a high school diploma, which was a big thing for somebody born in the 1880s. Um, but for my father, um, he saw university as, you know, a tremendous thing, and he certainly was correct about it. Um, but he also, um, you know, he grew up, uh, his parents were quite poor, so he, he was really looking for an economic change to his life, and he did that. He was a very successful person. He ended up, he was the Director General of Health and Welfare Canada, living in Ottawa. He was, uh, you know, probably, that makes him the second most senior civil servant in the country. Oh, wow. um, he had a master's degree. Uh, well, he had two masters. So very well educated for somebody born in the, in the 1930s. But um, his expectations of me were much more around, um, you know, like being well educated, having a white collar career was very, very important. Um, at one point when I was a teenager, I was talking about becoming a pilot and he dismissed that as, you know, just absolute heresy. Um, those kind of jobs don't really go places. If you really want to be successful, you wear a suit and tie to work kind of thing. So him and I had a bit of a strained relationship that really, you know, didn't work all that well. As I finished high school, I had a bit of a tough time. I did go to university. Um, I was very close with my mom and she had a little kinder, gentler approach to parenting. Um, I think it was in my late 20s, early 30s, um, when I kind of came to this idea that you know what, like life's too short not to, you know, not to build fences with people that you should be close to. And um, my mom, unfortunately, was diagnosed with cancer when I was in my early 30s, and she died not too long after. And losing my mom really brought my dad and I very close together. It was a very hard time for our family. So over the last 20-some um, years, yeah, my dad and I have become much more close. He's, uh, you know, suddenly found himself alone in the world in some ways. And um, he was living in Southern Alberta when my mom died and he moved here. He, he lives in Sherwood Park now with his, uh, with his new life partner. But um, yeah, so it really brought us closer together. I think 
the other thing that happened with my dad when I when I first uh, became a stay-at-home father, he was quite upset about this. This was, you know, like this isn't what men do. Men aren't, you know, like he had a very closed-minded idea about, um, you know, men's roles versus women's roles, which uh, in some ways was uh, kind of comical to me because my mother was this like fire-breathing feminist, but uh, <laughs> and. Uh, but, um, you know, he, he quickly saw that, you know, that this was something that, you know, was a very positive thing in my daughter's life. Him and my daughter are very close, uh, spent lots of time together. Um, we've gone on a three-generation backpacking trip through Banff and done some of these things. So, yeah, I mean, I regret in some ways that I wasn't close to my father when I was young. But, uh, you know, um, in the last... Um, 30 years or so, um, you know, we've become very close and it's, uh, um, you know, I'm glad that, that we did that. Nice. Let's uh, highlight the, the club again. How can people get involved? Um, where do they go? What are, what are the, yeah, how, how, do, how do we join up? Um, I, I can jump in on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so I think probably, it, I, I mean, first thing I would say is join. It's fantastic if, if you're a dad uh, and you're looking to, uh, you know, have some of that dad time and and, uh, and do some things that kind of fill you up and uh, absolutely um, uh, join. It's, uh, you know, the membership's like $40 a year. And, and you know, I, I always joke around and sometimes we joke around that, you know, you, you basically are paying $40 to hang out with your friends, you know, and, and go climbing, but it's, it's great. You know, we organize trips all the time. Um, and, and any members welcome to join and, and, and jump in on a trip. And, um, it's just a great way to, to connect with people that, um, that also love the outdoors and, and want to kind of get out there and explore. And, uh, you know, probably the, the best place to, to find out more information is just our website. Um, it's, it's, uh, uh, gmmc.ca uh, and um, and uh, yeah just check it out and and I would say sign up for a membership try it out and and um, it, it's a good time yeah I think that there's uh, there's lots of benefits to belonging to the club um, there's the social aspect of, of course you meet lots of new people interesting people people who might be um, participating in activities that you're curious about but don't know where to start. Um, so you can make those connections. Another kind of practical benefit of the club is that they do have um, a, a gear cache. Um, so if you wanna come out and try rock climbing, um, as you know, if you've been climbing in the gym or something and you wanna go outside and you go down to the store and you see that it's $350 for a climbing rope and, and you're kind of like, oh my God, well, what do I do? Well, the club has some ropes, the club has some gear. Um, so um, you can come out and you can try some of those activities before making a big investment. So um, for a lot of our, our members, that was uh, you know, a huge benefit to them that they could come out and they could try things, um, get some wisdom, but as well being able to use uh, club gear and, uh, and make the choice. I mean, we took people out on beginner rock climbing trips who said, uh, yeah, that was fun, but I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I'm gonna stick to backpacking. And, you know, then they hadn't spent $500 or $1,000 on a bunch of stuff to find out after two days it wasn't what they wanted. Other people came out and said, oh, my God, this is so amazing. I can't wait to do more of this. Um, I'm glad I had a chance to see what it was all about, though, before I uh, sent a whole bunch of money into it. So I know for a, a lot of the younger uh, people that I've seen come through the club, say, in the last uh, eight to 10 years, that's been a huge thing for them is to be able to come out, try some of these things out, try different types of activities without having to make a, a big monetary investment, a big time investment, and as well to, you know, just meet some people who uh, you know, have a little bit uh, of experience in it and can show them, hey, hey, this is really what it's all about. So I think that's another big thing for the club. Yeah, that's a huge plus. That's like, you know, with anything, you know, when you're trying to get involved in the, the cost, there's always that cost to, you know, go and look at skiing or something like that. Do you do, do you do trips like every week or month or like how does that, that kind of work? Um, well, um, COVID's really kind of put, put the kibosh on some things. Um, I, uh, I don't know exactly. Uh, I haven't, 
been paying too much attention to club trips. I, I have to confess right now. Um, you know, I've been busy in, in trying to stay safe and a few of these things and, and uh, pay close attention to that. Um, in the past, um, you know, I've had times where I was leading a lot of club trips. Um, there isn't like a set schedule of there's going to be a this every month or a that every month. It's about what trip leaders can put on depending on their own personal schedules and stuff. Um, one of the things that, you know, when I was leading a lot of trips, at, at one point I was leading about 15 trips a year of varying types. So, um, but at that point it was like, well, you know, like what are people looking for? And it turned out that people were at that time were really interested in a lot of like um, beginner rock climbing and beginner backpacking trips. Oh, well, okay, let's find trip leaders. Who's interested in putting this on and who's interested in putting that on? So, you know, it's taking the feedback from the club members and then finding people who, are, who wanna lead those trips and to do that. It's an all volunteer organization. So the trip leaders just come from the membership, the people who wanna you know, uh, give up their own time to do some mentoring and that kind of stuff. And as well, you know, I, um, you know, people said, oh, you know, John, you're, you know, you're an advanced alpine climber. Why are you putting on these, uh, these beginner trips? Well, you know, some of those people are uh, super strong climbing partners of mine now. So there was a little bit of a selfish aspect to it in that, yeah, I gave up some of my time. But the other thing for me is, you know, 25 years ago, um, there was a, a group of, uh, of people who took me under their way and they helped me out. And there's absolutely, I feel a very strong um, urge now to, you know, to, to do the same, to play the same role and to help those people who are coming up and, and do that. Do to them, <laughs> do for them, I should say, for them what was done for me. Um, so we see a lot of that in the club. And I, you know, it's just absolutely, you know, a great dynamic that way. Um, also on, on the note of trips, I mean, we, we do have sort of those, those traditional um, kind of like out to the mountain trips, but uh, in the calendar right now, there's, there's also um, just some evenings. Like we, we get out to the gym a lot, like to the rock climbing gym, to the bouldering gym, somebody will put a trip up. Um, you know, the, the ice walls up right now. And so there was a, a trip uh, up, up just to kind of go out to the ice wall for the evening, whoever was interested. Um, I know we have in January, there's there's two ice climbing trips in the calendar. I think one to Canmore, uh, I think one to Jasper. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, John's right. It, it's 100% volunteer run. So whatever, you know, members sort of decide to, to throw up as a trip kind of goes up goes up but uh there there is a really really a good a good mix um and then even some nights are just just kind of skill building um you know i got into multi-pitch climbing because uh one of our members put on kind of a little intro to multi-pitch theory night and so i went and kind of got to hear a little bit about what multi-pitching was about we kind of practiced like at a you know out out in the field clipping our, our anchors and carabiners to the a backstop and and you know i kind of thought oh this is cool i'll go out go out and try it um so really, like part of the reason I, I joined um, the Grant McCune Club was was just because when I joined, um, there's just so many trips and, and there continues continues to be. And so I think one of the the biggest assets of this club is just it puts on a lot of trips, um, and um, that's and 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 a good variety of trips. And so I, I kind of really do feel there's there's something for everyone. Um, and probably I think the other good thing that's important to mention is, is we have a lot of really good um, uh, community and, and business connections and affiliations. So, so your $40 membership kind of gets you some perks as well. Um, you get 10% uh, off a track and trail, you get 10% off at, at Breathe Outdoors if you show your membership. Uh, and there's sort of a, um, a, a list of, of businesses that that kind of support us and help us out by by giving discounts so i mean uh you know if, if you pay your 40 dollars membership you know i mean i think I've, I've gotten that back in in gear discounts from just buying you know carabiners and harnesses and you know you can you can get your 40 dollars back pretty quick just saving 10 percent on, on a bit of gear so um yeah it's, it's it's great i mean i can't say enough about it right on um Last one, last question there. Any words of wisdom you'd like to, to leave for future dads, current dads out there listening? Go ahead, John. 
you know what, I'm going to be honest, I can't really think of anything that we haven't covered. I mean, we talked about, you know, sharing your passions, uh, letting them find theirs, um, being present. Um, I think that we, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of watching them grow and then become adults, um, all of those things, I think, yeah, just um, absolutely revel in being a dad, just like drink it in, revel in it, love it. Um, and that's, that's really all I can add at this point. Corey? Yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with John. I, I, I do think I think we covered it. I think I think we put out 30 minutes of, of or how many ever minutes of, of dad wisdom. And uh, I think it's all there. So that, those, those are my thoughts. Just just let your kids be be who they are and support that. Awesome. And be who you are as a dad. Yeah, I think I think that's where I would leave it. Great. Let's leave it there. Thanks so much, uh, Corey and John, for your time. Uh, thanks for joining me. And um, yeah, I'll uh, send this off to the to the editor, so to speak, and we'll try to get it out in the next couple of weeks here. And I'll 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 fire an email when get it on, and I'll get all the links maybe from Brent, and we'll link it, link it to our website and put the 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 club's link there and all that stuff, throw it on YouTube and, and Instagram and try to get maybe people, uh, you know, to know about your club. It sounds uh, really fun. I'd like to for sure take my son and bring my son out to, yeah. to something in the near future. So thanks for your time. And thanks for introducing me to your, uh, to your world. Oh, for thanks sure. a lot for having us. Yeah. Thanks Christian. I, I, this is great. Like you, you have such a good thing going here. I, I really enjoy it. All right, that was John Schellenberg and Corey Rofi on the Rad Dads Show, the Hometown Heroes edition. Thank you so much, John and Corey, for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show. And on Facebook and Twitter at at rad dads show. And hey, you can also head over to YouTube to watch all these interviews as well. Wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It helps us a lot. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.